This is a song that a lot of people are real pissed off at us about. We, we ain't preaching, but this is our opinion. Nazi redneck assholes, fuck off. That song came out way before, way before, way before most people in the Peloton were born. And yet the message is still true today. Nazi punks, fuck off. We are back. Episode 172 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. The least professional, least knowledgeable, and least informed podcast ever. We are at speedmetalcycling.com. And I am your host, the almighty Skull Crusher. Joining me today... Two very special hosts, two people that I hold, I hold dear to my heart. The first one is, of course, Mr. Mike Spriggs. Mike, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you? I am doing very, very well. And second is Natalia. Natalia, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing good. Good to hear. Good to hear. My brother is not here today. I can't remember what excuse he used. but Teaching us again. Hey, um, I have a question for you guys, and I know we don't get political in this show very often. I mean, I, I think I've made some political statements before, but not, you know, whatever. You know, with the stuff that is all going on with um, with the Trump and the KKK and all that stuff, you know, back in the day when I was in, in, in college, uh, somewhere around here in the Midwest, um, there used to be like a big like KKK rally all the time, and Nazi skinheads were on like Geraldo and they were all in the news and everything and and you know my band we, we played a bunch of shows for the anti-racist action the ARA and um, it was like a thing you know and then people just stopped caring and they just kind of went away because nobody cared anymore because the show was over and nobody was watching the show so they left and now I'm wondering if that's the same thing that we should do again and like just kind of ignore them and be like, yeah, whatever, you silly things, you silly people with your silly ideas and see if they disappear. I know that it's very different than it is in Europe for our European listeners because where they're the, especially in, in mainland Europe, I don't know so much in England, although actually no, maybe in England, but I don't know, whatever, the, the, the threat of like Nazi skinheads and, and racist skinheads there, uh, at least in the 90s was definitely prevalent and it was definitely a thing. Do you think that we should just ignore these idiots or do you think that people should go out there and like protest against them and like make a big deal? And Look, I don't know exactly what the, what the answer is this time. The only difference that I can see is that you don't have a clear message 
coming from the president actually what do you condemning mean? them. There no, is something that I have to say. Thing. I mean, if you are a believer of free speech, free, free everything, you have to respect people's beliefs, opinions, however wrong they can be. I mean, it hurts and it, it burns, but they have they have the right to believe whatever they want. If they wanted to, you know, like do rallies, that's okay. The thing that is not okay is when they start harassing and, you know, like feeling this empowerment or and kind of like the free pass to get violent. That's what I don't, I mean, that's where the, the line needs to be drawn. And I think before the political leaders have been very clear condemning them and say like, it's not okay. You know, like go back to hiding. Don't, <laughs> don't show your faces. It's not okay. You know, like it's not okay. No, 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 we're not going to tolerate it. And I think that's what is missing particularly now. There is not a clear pushback of no. You, no, exactly. No, 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 no. Go back to pretend. It's been like, it's been like oh, yeah, you guys are. Like that. Go back to pretending. We don't know. But I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, I, I, something else that I was thinking about, it was Mike keeps, like, he's always telling me that everything I say is racist. But I'm not even American. And meanwhile, the Americans are the ones that are being racist right now. So I want to know, Mike, what's up with Americans being racist? What's America, America is racist. What do you, what, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, since you are American and America is racist, that makes you, um, you're like a like an expert on the topic. And that's why you can call me out when I say racist things. Right, right. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, that's awesome. All right, I, I don't know. I, as I Obviously, as everybody here in the U.S., or I would like to think that everybody here in the U.S., we're all very concerned about this whole thing and just basically just this, the, the way that things are right now, it's like it's, it's become okay again to be, to be racist. It's not looked down upon anymore. Like people are just like, yep, that's the way that it is. That's very, very upsetting. Anyway, uh, a much more important concern, much, much more important, is that I, I looked at our numbers, our um, listening, li listenership, listenship, listening numbers, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. How many people have been listening and downloading and stuff? And while I'm always happy that even one person is willing to listen to any of the dumb shit that we say, Uh, one thing that I noticed is that we don't seem to be growing anymore. Like for a while, we were like growing and growing and growing and growing. And the last, I don't know, five or six months, uh, we, we, we just haven't. And it's very upsetting because I refuse to think that this is like the most amount of people who think that I'm, that I'm funny. That there's no way. There has to be more people out there who would listen to my rants and find them hilarious and then download the podcast again next week. So I need to find those people, and I need everybody listening to help me out. So tell grandma, get her involved. That's it. That's all I wanted to say about it. Do you understand that people can very well be placing friendships and family relations on Jeopardy because of recommending this podcast? Absolutely, and I think it's well worth it. <laughs> okay. Think about it. There is I mean, enjoying, enjoying this type of content requires some taste, you know, is something that... It's not very prevalent out there, but I don't know. Just be careful when you do it. You know, like don't <laughs> don't lose friends. You're saying that our our podcast is like Vito Acconci's art. It's not for everybody. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's something like that. So at some point we have to pick. I mean, this is yeah. Okay. 
And last thing I wanted to say before we actually start talking about, um, what do you call this thing? Cycling? Um, is that if you want to listen to the podcast a lot, or, I mean, I don't know how people listen exactly. The only, the only uh, information that I get on, on, on is more like what device people listen to it. Like, I know if people like download it on their phone or on their like tablet or on a desktop. Um, but if you're listening to it on a phone or a, or a tablet or whatever, or whatever, the Acast app, like A-C-A-S-T app, is actually super cool and easy to listen. That's what I use to listen to this podcast. And you can listen to, of course, any other podcasts on it or whatever. But I like the, 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 the way that works. So I don't know. It's not like it doesn't make a damn difference to our podcast one way or another. But I just thought I would recommend that. I don't know. Mike, any recommendations you have? Maybe for some like good uh, pasta recipes? Uh, I don't know. Pasta, pasta recipe? What? I don't know. I'm just thinking like, you know, do you have any other like good recommend? I recommended an app. So maybe there's oh. something you'd like to recommend. Uh, no. 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 No, no recommendations. Okay. Can we buy fake downloads or something like that? Like we did with Instagram? <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know how that would help us, though, because performing the thing with Instagram, and the thing with Instagram though, is that uh, if, if people see you and you have, like, you know, 13,000 followers and people are like, whoa, this is cool. I got to listen. I want to, I like, follow these people. But nobody can see how many downloads we have. So if we're just basically fooling ourselves, which would be kind of silly, but. Um, hey Mike, did you go to the protests? Speaking of of, of politics, did you go to the protests? Uh, when was that? Was I did not up there by uh, Trump Plaza. Trump I saw, Tower. I saw oh. a very good. I saw very good signs up there. I saw very. I saw one that says uh, Trump likes new Metallica, which I thought was hilarious, and one that just said "Stop being a dick." <laughs> it was good. Yeah, plenty of good ones, plenty of good uh, signs. I, that's what I would like to do. Because the first one I saw was the Trump likes Coldplay. And I, that was... <laughs> Not possible. Yeah. Trump likes Rusted Roots. That would be good. Oh, come on. <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> Trump is not that bad. Um, I, saw I don't know Roots. that, but yeah. I saw Rusted Root Life in Connecticut. Uh, when I lived there, there was this thing called uh, Alive at Five. And every Friday during the summer at five o'clock, they would have like these bands like Rusted Root, you know, just a bunch of has-been bands playing like the center of town and stuff. And there'd be like beer, but nobody could ever consume any beer because the lines were like, you know, ridiculously long. And it's all these like banker types that worked in Stanford. They got out at five on Friday, like, yeah, man, let's get hammered. And by the end of the night, they would be wearing their ties, and, like, around their heads and stuff. It was just completely ridiculous. But I would always go because <laughs> we worked three blocks away, so everybody from work would just like, all right, let's go to Alive at Five. And then we would get, you know, we would get the party started there and then just jump in the train back to Manhattan. But um, what was I going to say about, oh, yeah, George Clinton and... Uh, Parliament Funkadelic did play one of the nights, and that was one of the awesomest shows ever. I got a backstage password and stuff, and I sat right next to them. But it was cool. All right, all right. Anyway, enough of this crap that has nothing to do with cycling. Let's talk about cycling. I 
have a list here of all the interesting, important, significant trades, whatever, the silly season, the, uh, do you call them trades? Like, why am I, am I forgetting English today? Yes. I don't know. Anyway, of who's going where and stuff. These are all confirmed, signed deals. Terpstra uh, is staying in quick step for two more years. Landa is going to Movistar for two years. Uh, Mentius is coming home again to Dimension Data. If you remember many years ago, it was actually Brian Smith uh, with what was then NTN Kodaka that discovered him. And then he left to go to Lamprey that turned into... Um, uh, what's the name of the team now? Um, UAE? Turned, no, Lamprey turned into... Uh, Bahrain Merida. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so Mentius is coming back to Dimension Data, which I think is pretty good. Uh, Ian Boswell is going to Katusha. Jurgen Rollins is going to BMC. Gorka Isaguirre is going to Bahrain Merida. He's reuniting with his brother, Jan. Uh, Mikel Nieve is going to Orca. Uh, Tony Galopan is going to AG2R. Um, where's the rest of my notes? Uh... Okay, uh, uh, Trentin is going to Orca. Quintana is staying put. Christoph is, is that confirmed? It's I confirmed haven't seen an official... It's, it's confirmed that he's staying put. It hasn't been announced officially because it hasn't been signed yet, for what I understand. But, oh, okay, so any any idea what is going to happen to Anacona and Dyer Quintana? Well, because only... I, I read that Dyer is actually like leaving Movistar. I don't know if that's true. I, I, if the, if he leaves, I'm guessing it's because they're going to run out of room. <laughs> they're not going to have enough money to pay everybody. So they're going to be like, uh-huh. oh, sorry, dude, later. Um, yeah. I, I, I have a rumor in, in my rumors column uh, that Winner Anacona may be going to UAE Emirates. So, But that's just a rumor. I'm not really sure. Christoph is definitely going to UAE. Castroviejo is going to Sky. And the rumors that I have is Dan Martin to UAE. Sammy Sanchez to Fortuneo Scaro, which would be awesome. And like I said, winner to UAE. And I wrote all that. I think I wrote more between yesterday and today using my hands, like actually with a pen and pe- like pen and paper. Than I had like the last three years combined. Impressive. Any of those signups are surprising to you, or something that eh, doesn't make Uh, sense a lot? Or I, the one that I thought was pleasantly surprised was Louis Mentius going back to Dimension Data. I think that that's it's going to work out much better for him. I think Mikel Landa going to to Movistar, even though everybody kind of saw that coming um i think it's going to be good for him obviously um you know we've we've talked about this quite a bit and and, and, you know klaus has a little bit more of of an insight on on what's going on and and how the team works but movistar is a little bit of a shit fest and um a shit show rather not a shit fest or maybe do a shit fest i don't know i guess a little bit of a shit show is, is run a little oddly and weird and there's a lot of politics in there and but they're receiving a guy who's already an incredible writer and he's from spain which apparently helps a lot if you write 
in Movistar. So obviously they're thinking about replacing Valverde. Although I have a feeling Valverde is going to be writing for the next five years. Um, I think that it's... it's and a lot of people think that it's going to be really bad for Nairo. Movistar aren't stupid. They, they know that Nairo Quintana is a guy that can win like uh, Grand Tours. So it's not like they're going to ignore him or anything like that or be like, we're going to give every Grand Tour to Valverde and Mikel Landa. It's not going to be like that. I really doubt that they'll be that stupid. Although, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Gorka Isaguirre going to Bahrain, I thought that was cool, just because him and Jon have always been in the same team, and then they split up, but now they're together again, which is cool. I think somebody like Mikel Nieve going to Oreca is super good for Oreca, and I think that this is really good for the Yates twins and for for uh, Esteban Chavez. Um, I think that having a guy like that, that, that dude can really, really, really work well in the machines. In the machines. What the hell's going on? In the mountains. What the hell did I just say? The machines. Okay. Um, and other than that, I think, I mean, Castro Viejo to Sky is, is a little bit of a surprise to me, just because, not because it's really that important, but I just, it seems weird. Castro Viejo doesn't really seem to be a, a, a guy that can give a lot to a team, especially a team like Sky. Um, I mean, he's a great time trialist, of course. He's a good engine, uh, but I don't know. I think that unless Sky got him really cheap or something, or there's other business going on uh, behind closed doors. And I don't mean like funny business. I mean just business. Um, another reason why he went there. I'm not really sure. I mean, Castro Viejo's 30 years old. Not that that's super old, but I mean, 30? Seems like Sky would be, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. So, I don't know. What about you? Did any Has any of the movements... Any of the silly season uh, surprised either of you guys? Maybe that it was extra silly this season. Actually, no, it wasn't. There, everything's, there hasn't really been anything. I was like, oh my God, what? That is crazy. Eh, I don't know. Mike? Carlos, uh, Carlos Betancourt still has a job. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, Mike. He's going to win La Vuelta. Just wait. <laughs> Dude is going to win the Vuelta and then Mike is going to have to eat his words. Mike will be like, I don't care. I'll eat him. I don't give a shit. And plus, I mean, this whole idea of eating your word, is there? That no. idiom doesn't, there is no idiom like that in Spanish, is there? Eat your words. Eat eat your shoe. Eat your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Come make tu zapato. Okay. Ah, excuse me. I had to get a little drink there. I had to, like, lubricate. All right. Um, we can talk about a little bit about Colorado. Um, I don't know if you guys either heard or saw any of the, of the Colorado race. Yeah. I saw not the whole thing, Mike, but, you know, like, little pieces here and there. Hmm? Mike, it would be funny if you didn't watch a single minute of the Tour de France, but you watched every single stage of the Tour de Colorado, Colorado <laughs> Challenge or whatever it's called. Did you watch Colorado any, Classic? Mike? Colorado Classic. No. Is it, did it start? Did it start yet? Yeah, it's over. It was only <laughs> it's three over. Pretty over. <laughs> yeah, it was only three stages, but then there was like all kinds of problems with the TV. Um, every time I was, yeah. tuned in, quote unquote, every time I turned it on, it was like. We're having problems with the picture, and it was like just you know that the the, uh, the awesome like just shot of the 
of the of the finish line with people walking and stuff and like a motorcycle going by every 15 minutes and um so that was um i don't know it's too bad but also there was two of the stages were just like circuit races at circuit stages and they were like Oh, because they want to bring their race to the people or something, which I guess, I mean, if you want a race to grow, you need like the local support, of course. So they were trying to impress the people in Colorado more than they were trying to impress the people everywhere else. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I just, I saw the stages and I was like, the fact that this is because the pro challenge folded well, last yeah. year, right? So they have yeah, to I mean, pretty much start building the race again kind of from the beginning so you have yeah, to start exactly like no I, yeah. I i know and i understand i just um i looked at the stage profiles and i was like oh what is this it looks like a couple of crits and i just don't like crit racing at all it's boring so yeah i don't know i wish him i wish him well but i liked it I like. Did you did you see any of the women's no, the women's I, I, race? They were short and they only had two stages, so the stages kind of felt like separate one day races. Actually, it was pretty funny. The first one I think finished in a bunch sprint, and then the second one had that crazy little wall, the moon something or other climb. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, they had that, and then the race, because it was super short, exploded on that, <laughs> that day. So the GC was pretty much defined by the winners of that of that stage. And by the way, Avi, Mickey, friend of the podcast, made the podium. So that was good. That was good. For us. Good yeah, for good us. for us. Good for us. A friend of the podcast was uh, in a podium in the Colorado. But it seemed that most of everything, like the, the, the cyclists were having a lot of fun. Yeah, Women but I think that that's the men. trademark. It's the trademark funny. of a bad race. That's the trademark of a bad race. They're having fun because they're not tired. They don't give a shit what happens tomorrow. They're just like, it's a party. Wow. Fun. Well, I wouldn't say they were not tired, but it's just, I don't know. They, they seem to... I understand what you're saying. They had space to kind of enjoy themselves a little, so maybe they were not going. But I, from time to time, I, it's kind of nice and entertaining to see that. I don't know. Yeah. I know. I mean, for me, it's awesome. You know, I mean, all those dudes dancing around, acting like imbeciles, that's hilarious. But <laughs> I would much rather see a good race. Actually, I would much rather see both, honestly. But Whatever. Like I said, I wish them well, and I hope that next year is a little bit better, and then it continues to get better. And yeah. So, what else happened? Uh, oh, what was the name of that other uh, women's race? The one that Lucisto won. Vorgorda. Yeah. And here I'm trying to imitate Rob Hatch pronunciation. So the Vorgorda has actually two races. One is the Team Time Trial, the super long forty-something kilometer Team Time Trial which is a standalone event, and then they have the, the road race. So in the team time trial, not surprisingly, Balls, Dolzman, Dolzman, or whatever is pronounced, won. But the interesting thing is that the second one, which was Cervelo Vigla, was very close. It was only 12 seconds. Usually the time gaps in this race are much, much bigger. So this is just... Uh, kind of address rehearsal for what the world championships are going to be. So 
given that they have that little time gap, then the world championships are going to be more uh, entertaining. The team time trial is something that the women's side of the sport watches for whatever reason. I don't know why that's the case, but that is something that people pay attention to. The ones that follow I guess women. When you don't have much cycling. You don't have much. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's just a byproduct of, of that. So that's one of the things. And then in the road race, which was really good because it was shown, it was shown live. It was in Eurosport and I don't remember which uh, other channels. And it was, I mean, they, it, it had really decent uh, coverage. So that was good. It ended up in a very messy sprint. So if you have the chance, just go and check the last five to 10 kilometers because in the last sprint, I was, what the heck is going on in here? It was like <laughs> this group at some point, everyone was going full gas, you know, like, <laughs> they were like, who knows? Like, wait, wait, is this person trying to, you know, like be a train or like, like launch somebody else from the team? And you saw like, I didn't understand how that that went, but it was it was fun to watch, it, of course. Lota Lepisto was the winner in that case, and then Mariana was, was second, and then Leah Kirchman was was third. So Marianne, Mariana was is back, and that's that's good because that only adds another name that can put a like balance in the race. You know, like you don't have all the favorites from one team, which is but usually yeah, the case. That's what I mean. Now, so. now there's five possible winners. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I said we went from four to five. You know what I was thinking? You were talking that about... Was cool. that the, was... You were talking about the World Championships. And, um, man, I would like... The area where it's going to be, like Bergen in Norway, yeah. is amazing. It's amazing. Is that where they have the colored houses? Uh, Near the... Colored houses. Oh. I think that's in North Carolina, isn't it? No, no, no. When they have... Funny. Oh, the ones in Buenos Aires next to the La Bombonera? No, no, no. I, I know that somewhere in Norway there is a town, but I don't remember the name. Maybe it's Bergen or something around. Maybe Bergen. I don't I remember. That. And they have like this nice, like maybe pastel color, but maybe it's not yeah. pastel, but whatever. They have like in these like colorful houses. I saw a picture and then I forgot. I just remember that it was in Norway. It's like, oh, that looked pretty. All of Western Norway is just amazing, amazing, amazing. And I was thinking, like, man, you know what I should do? I should just like jump in a plane and go to the World Championships, enjoy Bergen. Bergen. But you don't like crits, man. You don't like circuits. Yeah, but it's the World Championships, man. Just, you know. <laughs> only you make an exception only for World Championships. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. I make a lot of exceptions. One of them is for. And Bergen is also, it plays a very important part in the history of black metal in the 90s, you know. I don't know if you knew that, but Count Krishnak left Bergen in order to go to Oslo to murder Euronymous. Only for that, you need to go. Only, well, I've already been to Bergen. Beautiful, it's amazing. I like it over there. Been to Oslo as well, a lot of fun. Anyway. Mike, do you want to go to the World Championships in Norway? Let's go, dude. Mike, when is when is it? <laughs> September. <laughs> when? Uh, September. Uh, let me see. September seventeenth to the twenty fourth. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right, cool. Start packing. I'll send you the tickets. Thank you very much to all our patrons because for paying for a trip to <laughs> Norway. <laughs> To bring you coverage from the world championships. 
kind of like how we did when the World Championships were here in 2015. Remember, we did we we brought some coverage. It didn't at all. No, yeah. like, actually, we did actually bring did important you? stuff back from the. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I remember Taylor Finney was doing the opening for that podcast. And you uh, yeah. somehow got Taylor Finney on the on the mic. Oh, somehow he came up to us and was like, "Wait, are you guys the guys?" Oh yes, I pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, we were, yeah, absolutely, dude. You remember that mic? We were in the in the Rafa like pop up tent thingy. Yep. And Taylor Finney. Came um, Taylor Finney, you're listening to the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast uh, presented by Kanye West. Does that make uh, Taylor Finney a friend of the podcast? Of course it makes him a friend of the podcast. I'm Juan Antonio Flecha. You're listening to Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. <laughs> that makes Juan Antonio Flecha. <laughs> okay, because I was I was actually curating a list of friends of the podcasts from the cyclists and only people that either had retweeted us or give us, given us likes or mentioning us some way. So I have the list of people that we have so far. So we have Gracie Elvin from Orica Scott, Aoi Miki from the Colavita Bianchi team. We have Jetse Ball. Jetse Ball. Hell yeah, from Manzanar. Yeah. What else? Juan Antonio Flecha, Taylor Finney. Hi, everybody. This is Jens Vogt, and you're listening to Speed <laughs> Metal Cycling Podcast. <laughs> Jens Vogt, of course. Um, Cohen the Court. I've tweeted back and forth with them because... I found out that he likes Pantera, so I told him that his nickname should be the Cowboy from Hell, and he was like, yeah! So call in the court, definitely. Okay, so, yeah, maybe you can do that. Like, in the future, if one, if a friend of the podcast gets into a podium or wins something, we'll congratulate the person, because I'm pretty sure they are all listening to us right now. Of course, now. of course. And you know who else is a friend of the podcast? Mike. <laughs> He's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Listen, guys. Valverde. Yep. We have a grand tour coming up. Last grand tour of the season. I don't know if you guys knew that part. I mean, a lot of people know that it's a grand tour, but did you know that it's the grand, the last grand tour of the season? It's the third and last. Anyway, the Welt España, of course. Um, starts on, uh, I don't even know. When does it actually start? 19th. The 19th, Saturday. Yeah. So also it's Saturday. This Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with a really incredibly boring team time trial. I don't know what's worse. Uh, team time trial or a, like a crit race kind of thing. Hmm. Probably just as boring. Probably just as boring. Anyway. Uh, it's not short, right? I haven't seen the particulars, but... but the team time trial? Yeah, it's 14K. Yeah, yeah it's, short. Okay. it's short. But I wish that that meant that like, it would only take 20 minutes to do the whole thing, but it doesn't. It still takes hours. They should, they should race parallel to each other. They should just like, the same freaking time, man. Let's do it. This, like this is your lane, and you stay on this lane, and let's go. You know? oh, I, I know. <laughs> the hell with lanes. Just everybody go together. But it being the best interest of everybody to, like, stay within. within. And, the first, and the first one crossing the line wins. How about it's, that? Dude. Imagine that. <laughs> that would be like, it would be amazing. That would be the best time team time trial I've ever seen in my life. Um, maybe they can do that at the Hammer series. Yeah, there's, there's an idea for you, Hammer. Yeah. Producers. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a third category uh, climb in the team time trial. 
during the team time trial on the first stage. And hold on, let me see. I have the altimetry of it here. Is that a word in English, altimetry? Mike, you speak English. Profile, maybe? Ah, uh, profile, yeah. I think it's probably profile. Um, Mike, are you looking forward to La Vuelta? Are you going to watch La Vuelta? <laughs> I, have, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> oh, Jesus, where the heck is this thing? Uh, the roadbook for the Vuelta, like every roadbook I've ever seen, and every, like, press guide and, like program for any sporting event has the dumbest and stupidest ads. Manzana Postalone has an ad in the program, in the, I mean, I'm sorry, in the roadbook that says Manzana Postalone, the only Colombian team in the Vuelta. All right, that's good for you. <laughs> Man, they got some bad blood in Vuelta a Colombia. Oh, yeah, I know. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is insane how much polarizing issues that are going down there. I mean, everyone freaking hates them. Everyone in the peloton back in Colombia hates them. Yeah, I know. Which is hilarious because Oof. they're the ones that are actually doing it out there. They're making it happen. Okay, I don't It is, that. but it's also, it's also funny because since they have been racing in Europe and they have actually people that I think understand that you need to have somewhat of a strategy to win bike races <laughs> direct the, the team they pull some nice moves in some of the some of the stages like they did like beautiful tactical sort of thing that put the other teams you know like a little bit to shame and you saw that the last stage was won by Juan Pablo Villegas oh I felt so happy it felt so good Feels yeah, so good that, that, that the team way is, that, that team is awesome, that and they're actually bringing a decent, a decent team to the to the Welta. Um, well, Yetzebol actually is coming, a friend of the podcast. Yetzebol is coming with them. Uh, he finished tenth in the Welta Burgos. And um, where did I put my notes about Manzana Postolón? They have a lot of good, you know, like talents. Aldemar Reyes, which is supposed to be this good Clambert to Hernan Aguirre. Herma, Herma, the problem Herma, is that they are very young. So who knows how they are going to react to a, you know, like three week. Hernan yeah, Aguirre, but, though, I mean, also he had a great Burgos. Uh, he finished 17th. So I think that Aguirre and Yetzebol should be good. Hey, you know that Yetzebol is racing as a Mexican? Oh, no kidding. Really? Uh, yes. <laughs> Yetzebol is not Dutch. For this race, uh, they said that uh, it's a, a ceremonial gesture. He's going to race under the Mexican flag. Of course, he's still registered Dutch, and he's going to race yeah. with a Dutch license. But he's representing Mexico because he loves oh, Mexico. Oh, that's very cute. And he's married to a, a Mexican lady. And, you know, yeah, Arreola. Yeah. One of the Arreolas. I don't remember if it's Sofia or the other one. I think it's the so other one. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really yeah. funny. I read uh, actually a thing on a, on a Mexican website. <laughs> Mexico does not care about cycling. They only mention it when it's something like this. <laughs> yeah, anyway, of course. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So the team time trial, boring. Absolutely boring, ridiculous. I want to tell you something that is interesting. The Vuelta has nine summit finishes. Nine summit finishes. Versus the Tour that had two or three, depending on how you count a summit finish. And okay. the Giro that had uh, five. 
But yes. out of those summit finishes, are those like crazy mountain stages when you have like this big hill one after the other one? Are we yeah, or no, no, are no, we no. talking about the crazy? I don't count. No, I don't count finish, like a third. Like, no, no, no. no, some third okay. cat. No, 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 no. These are like the real deal ones. Nine of them. legit. Yeah. Okay. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, and also something else that I noticed that I made a note about Sky. If the road book is correct, Sky and Aqua Blue are both going to be wearing white jerseys. So Sky is going back to the white jersey. If, if. Have, okay. Have you seen just to like the, the kit that Larry Warbas got as the US champion? The, US champion? the one it. that Aqua Blue did for him? Yeah. It's totally cool. You like it? Absolutely. I like it. It's loud and obnoxious and awesome. When you have, when you, listen, that's the thing about the American flag is that it's tacky as hell. If you, if you, if you try to think of it as anything else other than a flag, forget the fact that it represents a country at all. What if I told you I'm going to make a dress and I'm going to use red and I'm going to put white stripes on it. I want to use some blue and I want to put stars on it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but it gives you plenty of awesome stuff to play with. You know what I mean? But yeah, so I'm, um, yeah, no, I loved it. I really, really liked it. Where did I see it? What race was, oh, in Utah. He was in Utah, right? I want to hear Mike, Mike's opinion in, <laughs> regarding this. <laughs> he, he is the American. He is directly involved in this <laughs> thing because he's actually... a national <laughs> here. So I want to hear your opinion about your national kit. About your national champion. What do you think about that? National champion kit, sorry. That looked like the old school Captain America. Um, it's, the, it's the one that's mostly white? No, this one's like... I sent a, a link. If you open that, then you'll see pictures. It's pretty cool. I just thought it was. Really oh, cool. yeah, like that. that's perfect. Yeah, that's how it should be like Evil Knievel. Style. Exactly. <laughs> that, you got it. It's not even Captain awesome. America as much as Evil Knievel. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, that's I, great. Saw it. I like it. I like it. Does um, that make me tacky, Dan? No, I don't think it's tacky. I think, like I said, I think it's a little loud, but I think that's. It, 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 it's perfect because it just. Remember what Zabriski used to do? Like having like the Captain America shield on his like in his back you know, <laughs> like, so it's like that's that's cool man your flag is like loud and he has just four different things that yeah. you can four three colors and the stars and you can do so much with a flag like that if like like the Italian flag what can you do you got three colors and they're bars and you're done you know so but they that's one of the things that I that I remember that I read at some point watching football slash soccer that the color that they use for their kits and uniforms is blue and there is, there is no blue in the Italian flag and I remember that I read the reason and I forgot about it but yeah I actually know the reason too and I, I can't know. think of it but I mean they're not the only ones Germany plays in white and they don't have any white in their flag so I mean there's 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 a ton a, not, not a yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's just like I don't know what Italy was. Just like that you see in Venezuela, placing with the um, oh, with the vino tinto, yeah, with yeah. like a like a burgundy color, and they don't have that in their flag. And yeah. yeah. So okay, um, okay. I wanted to go through the 
Okay, let me, let me do this first. Aside from like the obvious people that are the favorites, you know, the Frooms and Nibali and Aru and all that stuff that everybody thinks are going to win. I made a list of like the second tier dudes that I think stand a chance and it would be awesome to, to just keep an eye on them at the very least, at the very least for a top 10 uh, and, and um, stage wins. So here's the people that I have. Okay, so Superman Lopez. Just okay, go ahead. No, before you go ahead, I was man, you ruined my game. I was thinking instead of saying the name, you say something about the dude, and we try to figure out who the person okay, is. Okay, well, Superman Lopez was my first, but not not all of them. You know, just like pick random ones that you are uh, not going to give the name, but you're going to say this dude okay. is blah blah blah, so, and then we'll see if we can get it. Okay, so I'll tell you Superman Lopez. Superman Lopez. Uh, I'm going to give you the names first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the other guys. Uh, Roman Bardet, I think it'd be interesting to look at what he has to do. Um, Yetzevol, of course, because who's writing as a Mexican. Uh, Betancourt, even if Mike doesn't think so, I think he has a chance of, do, of doing well. I mean, he's been in pretty good form. Hernan Aguirre from Manzana Postobón will be interesting. Chavez will be interesting. Um, Ala Felipe, of course, uh, David de la Cruz, and Warren Bargui, and Louis Mantis. Now, listen to this one. This is another guy who is Russian and is probably the best Russian writer since Denis Menchov. Sakharin? Yes, Ilnur Sakharin. And then I have another guy who is young. And has a chance to inherit the Valverde Empire. If not the Contador, he's too young for us to know yet. He's a Spaniard. But you already said Betancourt. <laughs> it's not Betancourt. I don't think Betancourt is going to inherit anybody's anything. Maybe he inherits, like... Mike, your cake. turn. Who is this dude that he's talking about? Mike is not going to... Actually, no, Mike... No, no, no. Mike is not going to... Mike is a Spaniard. The heir to Valverde's reigned. Valverde. No! <laughs> Flecha! <laughs> no, 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 no. I was talking about Mark Soler. Mark Soler is... I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him. Do, you didn't even give Mike the chance to guess. I'm sorry. Mike... Can you guess who Mark Soler is? Mark Soler. And then he wins. <laughs> He's Valverde's second cousin. Valverde. <laughs> They're related. He That's why. He really is. He really is. And then the other guy is the only Ecuadorian professional cyclist. Uh, the only Ecuadorian riding in the first division of cycling. Is there another Dutch person riding as an Ecuadorian? <laughs> well, not as an Ecuadorian, but we have a Dutch racing as a Mexican. Is is there a trick in this question? No, he's the only Ecuadorian. There's Carapaz. Yes, Carapaz. So, those are the guys that I'm that I'm looking at. I'm picking. Everybody right now has to pick either Adam or Simon. Who's gonna do better? They're both. They both look the same. I don't know who's gonna do better. I'm picking Adam over Simon, but I'm I'm Team Adam. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. What about you, Natalia? Are you well, Adam Simon, Simon just raised the Tour de France. Yes. No? Like, yes. Maybe that 
amounts for some fatigue and Adam is going to be fresher, maybe. I don't know. Mike, are you team Adam or team Simon? Uh, Simon. Simon? All right. Sorry to tell you, Mike. But you know what I would do? And I'll be so upset if Orica doesn't do this because to me, it's just the most obvious thing. There is a back-to-back... Uh, let me see. Where's my notes? There is a back-to-back uh, super hard, like back-to-back... Uh, Summit finishes on stages 14 to 15. The 20? The Angliru? Yes, the 15th and 16th and the 17th. Uh, 14th and 15th. The 15th is the one yeah. in Sierra Nevada. La Pandera, so one. La Pandera and then Sierra Nevada. Right? So what you do is you tell Simon, yo, take it easy on, the, on stage 14. Take it easy. Just, you know, get there with, like, the, uh, all the sprinters, ride the freaking autobus. Get there, save those legs, right? Meanwhile, you tell Adam, yo, go balls out, balls out, because tomorrow is going to be a rest day for you. And then the next day, they switch jerseys and bikes. Simon goes balls out. Adam takes a rest, wearing the other name and the other number. If you think about it, and you have, if you have an, an identical twin, you do that with your girlfriends when you're growing up. You do it with your parents all the time. You remember the Weasleys? The Weasleys brothers, they're always like getting the brother, the mom, and the whatever. Nobody knows who's who. How's the Tour de France going to know who's, who's, who's Adam and who's Simon? Do you know what I mean? Keep switching them around. Pick one of the numbers and make that the number. This, my, Mike, my this one is all yours. Don't you think that that's brilliant? Why else do you have them? Yes. Why would God give them the awesome honor of being identical twins, if not to win the Vuelta España in an incredible manner? And then when it's done and they already won, they're like, this is how we did it. Ta-da! Oh, we're going to take this away from you. We don't care. This was awesome. I think. I, yeah, I support that. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go. What about you, Natalia? Tell me that's not the best idea in the world. Use their twinship as an advantage. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they just just switch back and forth. Today, you're right, and I don't. The next day. So, basically, one of them will win the Vuelta España, and then the other one will be last at, like, 79 hours behind. And then somebody's going to introduce a new regulation that says that identical twins have to race in different teams. <laughs> they, have to, they have to get their names tattooed on their forehead. <laughs> Something like that. Dude, I love this Orca three-pronged, like, it's ridiculous. It's just insane. It's like I'm looking forward to the backstage passes. Uh, me too. I'm always looking forward to those. Those are always awesome. Which is why I'm actually Team Adam more than anything else. I think Adam is way funnier than Simon. Okay. Yeah, maybe that's why we're leading towards Adam. I have to say, the ones that they did at the... Was it the Tour? Yeah, I think it was the Tour de France. Man, the 80s music that they were using because it was, was, eight, was yeah, good. Because it was the 80th. It was, oh, they got the 80. They were numbers 81 through 89. So, yeah, it was all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They were using Omen. That's, yeah, that's yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, that's why they maybe. did it. Yeah. So, yeah, they were doing the 80s and pretty nice. Pretty nice. You know, like they, they, they didn't disappoint. So, looking forward to the oh, soundtrack. I for forgot the to say some, uh, some, some other dudes that are moving. Bargill is going to Fortuneo Scaro 
Danilos uh, is going to Bora. I think Peter we Kenyak. went over those. Sorry to interrupt, but we went over those last episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. And Peter Kenyak is going to Bora Hanskorov. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, now listen to the Vuelta España. Mike, you pay attention here because these are the stages you have to watch. All right. Let's see if we agree. How many did you pick? Oh, my God. One, two, three, four, eight, nine. Nine. I picked five. Nine. I just, I, there's too many. I don't know. Mike, listen to me. Don't listen to Natalia. Must watch stage three. You must watch it because it's the very first yeah. quote unquote summit finish, but it's not really. But listen, if Contador is serious about this race, he will not do anything on stage three. But if he's just like, dude, I'm gonna go out with a bang, I'm the hell with it, like suicide by cop, he's gonna go on that third stage and be like, fuck it, and just go nuts. Um, this stage goes up to, uh, goes into Andorra, which I still say is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been to in my life. Um, and it goes up to Andorra La Bella, which is the, the capital. It's amazing. It's beautiful over there. Um, we watched, my brother and I have said this a million times. We watched the Tour de France stage that finished there. Um, so that's why I have stage three. Did you have stage three, Natalia? Yeah, that one is approved. Okay. Mike, did you write it down? Stage three? I just wrote it down. Okay, good, good, good. In English. Oh, you, you, you wrote stage three. Okay. Tercera etapa. Tercera. Tercera. Okay, uh, now, so that's Monday. Uh, no, no, no. Yes, yes. Monday the 21st. All right, so mark, mark your calendars. Now, the next one is stage five which is not really a GC. It's not going to be a GC battle or anything like that. It just finishes in a Cat 3. But um, on a third category climb, that is. Um, but it could be like one of these like puncher kind of stages, which could be fun. So mark that one. That's the fifth stage. Um, to Not on my Spania. list, but okay. Not in your list. If, if you're going to miss one, Mike, you can miss that one. Um, five. five. Then eight. Eight is the Chorret de Cati uh, climb, which has a 22% chunk, which is amazing. And unfortunately, it ends three, three kilometers from the actual line. But mm, I don't know. It's one of those stages that is not super hard, the whole stage. So people can, like the GC guys, can keep their powder dry throughout the stage and then just attack the last, like just the last climb. You know, they just let the break go and just take it easy. And nobody's going to be able to isolate a GC, like a leader in this stage because it's too easy. At the beginning. You know, it's not one of those, like you have like five cat ones before you. So anyway. That. It has two category threes before, like the, in the last 90 kilometers, you have the two category threes and then the, yeah, and the, chorret, and the, the chorret. Yeah. But, like that. So, I don't know. That can be, that can be interesting. Yeah, so I, I have this one in, on my, on my list. Yeah. And then do you have nine? Cumbre del Sol? Nope. It's the day after. And I think it's going to be something similar. It's probably going to be a breakaway. And then the GC guys, if they're ready to attack, ready to take it on, then they can actually do that in the last climb. Very similar to stage eight. 
So okay, so just just to recap, and I'm I'm just going to see if something actually happens in the stages that we are mentioning, just to see how far off we are. So you mentioned three, five. Dude, if something happens eight. in all the ones that I picked, it's going to be the best grand tour in history. Yeah, three, yeah, five. exactly. So, but I'm just saying, yeah. So we agree so far with three and eight. And do you have eleven? Nope. Eleven is funny. No, from eight, I'll go to fifteen. Oh, okay. Well, the, the reason that I picked eleven uh, more than anything else is because Calara it finishes in Calar Alto, right? But the real name of the Calar Alto uh, summit, like mountain or whatever, it's called the Observatorio Astronomico de Calar Alto. And I would love to hear British commentators <laughs> try awesome. to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's two first cat uh, category climbs in the last 40k there, and the the climb up to Calar Alto is not is not easy. It's not the hardest thing ever. It kind of um, has like a little bit of a, a rest in the middle. But again, I think overall these guys are going to get there pretty clean. If the GC battle is all out, then by then, then I think there's going to be a lot of attacking on the uh, on the on the climb before the Alto del Benefici, which is, like I said, about 40K from, so, the, from top. So when is, are they doing an individual time trial oh, of this thing? Yeah, of course. Do not watch this one, Mike. Do not, whatever you do, don't watch it, like 16. When is it? It's I forgot. I, I think I... 16. Yeah, you, um, this is bad. It's on the 16th. I mean, on the, on the 5th, it's September 5th. And oh, the, the only good thing is that it actually starts in the Circuito de Navarra, which is a really famous um, race car track. No, oh, it's not the fifth. Okay. Yeah, it's a, the fifth. But anyway, before that, though, there's two there's two days, 14th and 15th. I have them, I have them both. That's Saturday and Sunday, September 1st and 2nd. Uh, the first one to La Pandera, which is 13% max. And I think that just like stages nine and eight um they can the guys can take it easy at first there's not gonna be really a lot of attacks before i don't think that anybody's gonna be able to like you know attack team sky let's say and then you know have room be by himself for the last climb i don't think there's enough it's not hard enough um and then 15th is of course sierra nevada um which is um beyond category 20k the whole thing, even though there's like, you kind of go up halfway and then there's a first category climb and then you keep going up. So it's kind of a weird like sprint or something, the, like, like, or like, a, like a sprint for points kind of thing, just in the middle of the climb, but it's 20K total. Um, okay, and then the time trial is the next day. Yes, the... yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, and then there is oh it, that could be interesting. So after the time trial, they have the the only the queen stage on the twentieth, right? The, yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking here because I mean, with all the stages that you have mentioned so far, it will be ideal to get some inter to get to you know like this time trial thingy with some differences. Uh, well, if because if it's, smart, it's going to be like if it's like they are close to each other, then freaking Froome is just going to seal it in well, this time yeah. trial. No, I mean, 
it's let's see let's see what people do but um well you, i think that stage 15 would be a perfect opportunity for them to do that because you have two really 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 hard um climbs in that in that stage okay so if i were to actually just try to attack let's say chris from team sky or i don't know who else could actually like dominate the race like that in the in the climb up before is the alto de hasayanas that freaking thing is 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 i wish the stage would end there it has like some of the ramps are like 19 22% so that's pretty crazy pretty insane so that's what i would do if i need to take time on Froome or i don't know who else is a good time trialist i don't even know um now, after that, then stage 17 is the day after the time trial and the rest day. Mm -hmm. So I think that people, I mean, there's a lot of people that probably had basically two rest days. You know, one is the regular rest day and the second one is the time trial. They don't give a shit. So they just take it super easy. And so you may be a really attacking uh, uh, stage. I don't know. I would like to see it. And also Los, los Machucos. Some people say there's ramps there that are 32, 33%. So just to see guys suffer, that would be good. Mike, mark that one in your calendar as well. The 17th, September 6th, the Wednesday. The Wednesday, all right? So, so you know it what? seems to me that, okay, so we have stages here that are being marked because they are going to be interesting in terms of GC. Or interesting, interesting to in watch. terms of just the stage winner, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's both of them. Interesting to watch. Um, okay. So yeah, it was just it was just my my marks were the ones when I thought that maybe something for the GC was going to happen. That's all. Um, okay. I was gonna say, uh, Mike. So that was uh, Wednesday the seventeenth, and they call Wednesday Hump Day. Not because you get to hump somebody, but because you get over the hump of the week. Get it? So. Hump day, seventeen. All right. Hump hump day, September sixth is stage seven. Um, and then finally, of course, the queen stage. Um, and this is going to be awesome because the the uh, the Vuelta España is going to be decided that day. There's no way that I mean, even if somebody's like winning it by three minutes, you still you can take three minutes out. Like on your way up to Angry that easy. So I that is probably the one that you should watch more than anything else. Mr. Mike Spriggs. Um the you know actually I now I'm thinking, yeah, I mean Alto del Cordal and Alto del Cobertoria. Alto de la Cobertoria. Huh. 18% up to 18%, 8K, right? And then the second one, 20K to go, is Alto del Cordal, average 8.6, maximum of 13%. So not super hard, but I mean, pretty damn hard, especially after you just did the other one. And then the Angelou, 12.5K long, average of 10%, maximum of 24%. And there's big, big chunks that are like, Two, three K, where they average like nine, ten percent. So that's it's it's big. It's big. Um, 
I think that that's, like I said, I think that's going to definitely decide the Vuelta. So, Mike, I'm, of course, I'm not saying anything new. If you look at the freaking stages, you realize that that's... But anyway, Mike, mark your calendar. Saturday, September... Never mind 9th. that we spent the last 20 minutes talking about it. <laughs> yeah. What? I love your summary of it. It's like, yeah, well, you know, you just look at the <laughs> race and then you see that the stages we just talked about are the ones to watch. There you go. When, <laughs> when is the last time that we said anything in this podcast that was actually informative to anybody listening? There you go. We're, we're <clears throat> Actually, we are about to do that. Very informative. I need your guys' picks. Very important. I am undecided between Maka, Maka and Nivali. Well, you better, uh, I'll tell you what, while you think about it and you make up your mind, I am going to, <clears throat> we're doing head and then heart, right? Yeah. I am going to. Klaus said Nivali and Chavez, yep. right? Nivali with his head and Chavez with his heart. Natalia, Mike, which one of you guys are going to go next? I'm going Nivali Betancourt. Nivali Betancourt. Okay. Mike. I'm going Froome. Froome. Nibali. Nibs. Okay. Well, if you guys want to know who I want, you're going to have to wait until next episode because we are out of time, people. Hey, hey, hey. Kule, 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 pe kule, 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 k